Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in for tonight's episode. Now before I begin, these three stories that I'll be reading tonight have been submitted over to me by a few of my subscribers. And to these three subscribers, I want to thank you for the content that you've provided. And to the ones that are listening tonight, please be mindful and respectful in the comments field below. And then lastly, but most importantly, if you wish to send a story over to me to narrate, just know that I will always send you a message via email to confirm with you if you wish to remain anonymous or if you would like to go by your full name. I take privacy matters very seriously and I hope to retell other stories with the utmost respect. And if need so, I can always add on or change details slightly within your story upon request. So I want to thank each and every single one of you who has supported me from the beginning up till now. It has been quite a journey so far already and I can't believe that I'm in the 2000 plus subscribers mark. It just blows my mind. You guys don't even know. <laughs> but without further ado, let's get on with the stories. Number one. I'm a college student at Fresno State. I've decided to reach out to you because I wanted to share a scary story for your channel. I've been at Fresno State for four years now. I am the type of person who loves to stay in the library for many hours just to study before going home. I don't come out of the library until 10 p.m. on the weekdays. I would often be walking out alone from the library, passing many old buildings on my school campus. Now, the very first time I heard something out of the ordinary, I just told myself that it was nothing. That maybe it was just some people messing around. What I heard were long and creepy screams coming from a distance. Whatever the case, I just kept my focus and tried my best not to think so much. But at the same time, I was already scared and I felt the chills going down my spine. After passing the old buildings, I was on my way to the parking lot. As I'm inching towards my car, I start fumbling the keys, and as soon as I get in, I book it right out of there. Even so, and even now, because of my schedule, this is still my nightly routine. And I am still walking out at night alone. I don't know how to describe what it was that I heard that night. All I can say is that other students on campus have reported hearing those same screams. At first when I came to this campus, I thought it was all just a joke. Some kind of prank just going around, but those jokes were short-lived the moment I started hearing those same screams in the dead of the night with no other bodies 
in sight. Number two. So to start off, anyone who works in healthcare knows that the first few gigs that you land before you actually get to where you want to be aren't necessarily the dream positions you'd hope for. While I was going to school to become a registered nurse, I was fortunate enough to land a position as a caregiver for a place called Gracewood Assisted Living Memory Care in Highland Park, Minnesota. Being in my early 20s at this stage of my life, I was actually pretty focused on my visions on becoming a healthcare professional, and so I didn't really care for the nightlife in the city as much. You know, with all the bars and nightclubs. And with this being the case, I jumped at the opportunity of working the overnight shifts. As you can imagine, the atmosphere in healthcare settings tend to have its airy vibes. Whether it's a cause of actual spirits, ghosts, or just the lingering thoughts in the back of your own mind of people passing away in the facility, the feeling is rather uneasy at times, especially at night when most of the staff and visitors have left for the day. One time, however, I experienced something that changed my life forever. We had a number of residents here, and on occasion when there was a bit of overflow, our management would have us escort a few residents up to the second floor above our main unit. We had fully functional rooms with amenities up here, but again, these rooms weren't used regularly, so being on this floor was a bit creepy, all for that fact alone. On this particular shift, and there were the three of us employees on duty. It was me and my colleagues. Let's just call them Mary and Sarah. Mary cared for the residents on our main floor while Sarah managed the front desk. I, on the other hand, was in charge of two residents up on the second floor. And for privacy reasons, let's just call them Martha and Kate. I won't go into full details about their health and conditions, but to be direct, our facility cared for individuals who have been diagnosed with minor to severe cases of dementia. Both ladies were kind to me, and the feeling was mutual, because they were very sweet to me overall. Martha was very mother-like, and would often confuse me for her grandson, saying I looked just like him. She was lovely. Kate, on the other hand, took a little bit more work. She was more mobile and hands-on, and at times I would often find her wandering the halls of my floor at odd hours of the night. The first time this happened, it did startle me a bit, to be honest, because it was unexpected. But as I got to know these two residents a bit more, I became more aware and alert of their actions, which leads me back to the one shift that changed my life forever. So now that you somewhat have an idea and background of the setting that I was in,
It was about 2 a.m. in the morning. I was down the hall from my two residents and the laundry room folding their belongings. There was this large table that I would stand at as I folded the laundry facing the open doorway. I remember this distinctly well because I just couldn't find it in me to be working with my back facing an open doorway. Call me paranoid, but the thought of not being able to see what may or may not come creeping up on you just didn't sit too well with me. So as I am folding the laundry with my head slightly tilted downward at the table, all of a sudden, out of the peripheral vision of my eyes, I saw a figure walk past the doorway. Not thinking twice, I assumed it was my resident Kate, just roaming the hallways again. So I called out as I made my way to the doorway. Kate? Hey Kate, you should be in your room. I peeked my head out into the hallway, looking both right, in which was the direction that I saw the figure walking in, and then to the left, but there was no sign of Kate at all. Now, Kate was pretty mobile for her age, but I knew damn well that she wasn't that fast. I'm in the hallway now, walking in the direction in which I believed I saw the figure go down, when all of a sudden, I hear the sound of a door slam shut. I was pretty certain that this was Kate's door, because of where the sound came from, and also because her room was the last room at the end of the hallway in that direction. So I turned back headed in the opposite direction towards Kate's room. I enter Kate's room, and to my findings, I see that she was lying in bed. In fact, she was asleep. Not only that, but it had appeared to me that she had actually been asleep for a while. Now, Kate had a personality at times. However, pulling a prank like this wasn't her. While I'm in there, I checked her vitals and grabbed her an extra blanket since there seemed to be a chill that night. I make my way out of her room and close the door gently behind me. As I turned around, however, something went past me by an inch. This was it. I, with my very eyes, saw a figure moving through the hallway with no feet, but rather floating down the hallway gracefully. This mysterious figure appeared to be a nun based on what it was wearing. That moment when she passed me, I felt the coldest chill with shivers all up and down my spine. I nearly shit bricks. As quickly as I saw this apparition of this supposed nun, it had vanished down the direction it was headed. I had no logical explanation whatsoever for what I had just seen. I chalked it up to me just not being fully awake, or my lack of caffeine for that shift. You know, the kind of dumb shit that you tell yourself when you're trying to convince yourself that 
You just didn't witness something that terrifying. I quickly made my way down the other end of the hallway now, to the stairs, headed back down to the main unit. I walked up to the main greeting desk, where I saw Sarah sitting. She quickly said, Jeez, you okay? You look like you've just seen a ghost. <laughs> As she chuckled, I looked Sarah dead in her eyes and told her what I had just witnessed. At first, she didn't buy my story, but she eventually saw how jittery I was as I spoke and realized that I was for real. A few weeks had passed by now, and I had decided to leave that job. I, to this day, have never been back to that place in years. You couldn't pay me enough to step foot in that place ever again. I have since then only worked day shifts now where I am currently employed. These kinds of experiences are the ones that you never really forget about. Regardless, I still love my profession as a nurse. Number three. My ex-girlfriend and I broke up recently. Due to the result of this situation, I've become very depressed. It was in the late summer of 2010 in St. Paul, Minnesota. A group of buddies, which happens to be mostly my cousins and a few friends from school that I used to hang out with, had invited me out to come chill with them at a local park. This park was known as Phelan Regional Park. And if you're from Minnesota, living in the Twin Cities, we just call it Phelan Lake. Out of the group of guys that I used to hang out with, one of them had a cousin that I knew was pretty into me for like the longest time. Let's just call her Bao. She wasn't the prettiest girl nor did she have the best body shape, but she had a good heart. We are now juniors in high school, and she, however, had recently discovered that I had broken up with my ex, which was probably why she tagged along with us that day. Whatever the case, neither of us knew of the events that would take place that day. So again, this is 2010, all of us were rocking the flip phones and riding bikes were our only form of transportation. But back to the park. The park had a building built on the bottom of a hillside. I don't quite remember what it was, but I believe it was a boat rental. Not sure which part of the park it was. All I can remember was that it was next to a parking lot. My friends and I had been biking for a while now, and when we arrived to that area, it was a little past 6 p.m. Everyone was tired, so we all had decided to sit down, relax, and just take in the view of the lake. We had another girl who was with us that day. Let's call her Mai. She was the sister of one of the guys from school. I didn't know the siblings all too well, but I knew them enough to say hi to each other when we crossed paths in the hallways. 
She was particularly cute, which caught my eye here and there. I think she actually noticed that I've been eyeing her because she said things like, Oh, I'm tired. Or, Hold my hand. I can't walk anymore. She was acting strange, trying to get my attention. But with my current situation, I was just too depressed. I just couldn't wrap my head around striking up a conversation with another female. Not yet, at least. Not with my current state of mind. However, we all hung out by the rails of this building. And to give you a brief description of this building, it had two levels. Both levels had an outdoor stone-type platform with railings. Mai was up on the upper level with me, while everyone else was on the lower level, looking into the same direction. Those on the lower level were chatting very loudly, looking towards the shore. And then out of curiosity, my head ran over to look and see what the commotion was all about. It was briefly around 7pm when this all had occurred. I remember this because I had checked my phone for the time in hopes of seeing a text or a missed call from my ex, but nothing. Then, Mai came running back over to where I was, and the look on her face was completely pale and white. In Hmong, we used the term, Jimotota. I asked her, Hey, what's, what's wrong? She was just about to tell me, but then her brother came running and yelled out, Dude, let's go. That, that bastard ain't got no face. My interest turned to curiosity, which then turned into fear. I peeked over the railings to see a fisherman with a beige-colored vest and an old gray hat. Come to think of it, I too could not make up any facial structures to where a face should have been on this man. Everyone was startled at this point. We all grabbed our bikes and raced home. Fortunately, for the crew I was with at least, they were all from the same neighborhood, and had all headed in one direction together. I, on the other hand, was the only person who lived out a bit further from the rest in the opposite direction, and so I had to bike home alone. I have never been this truly frightened before. The vibes of coming home alone. It felt like something was trying to grab a hold of me. My stomach turned inside out, kind of like when a roller coaster drops but with an urge to almost vomit. Time had raced so quickly that, the next thing I knew, my house was in sight now. I passed through the gate of our fence and went into the backyard and proceeded towards the back door. Now, during the day when my parents were home, we would often leave the back door unlocked since we had a secured backyard with a fence. But since it was already late in the evening, my parents had already locked the door. Me, being a genius of course, had forgotten my house key that day. Out of all days, I must have rang the doorbell over a dozen times. Waiting for someone to let me in felt like a thousand years. And then, my little brother opens the door. 
Seeing my little brother open the door felt like a warm sense of relief and even a great sense of salvation. I ran straight into my room and locked my door and went straight to bed. The next morning, I received a call from Mai's brother. He said, Bro, did you see what I saw last night? I replied, Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a man fishing, but I, I didn't really get a good look at him because everyone took off so fast. He said, Lucky you, dude. I know what I saw. And what I saw was inhuman. In short, what he meant by that was that this had to be a monster, a folklore creature from our Hmong culture. Now, I won't go into full details as far as the origin and the history of this creature because I don't know it, but a Bonzong is known as a Hmong folklore creature that is able to shapeshift into various forms. So to get back to the story, I replied, Dude, I'm, I'm pretty sure what you think you saw was just a fisherman. I had my reasons of skepticism, but in reality, I just didn't want to believe that something like that was really true. I just wanted to brush it off because in my head, I just wanted to forget that this event even took place. And then of course, I was still depressed about my breakup with my ex. He then went on to tell me that both his sister Mai and the other girl Bao had gotten, well in Hmong we say, le dojo. But in English, this would be translated to sleep paralysis. Mai and Bao claimed that they both saw dark figures in their rooms that same night. In Bao's situation, unfortunately, it was so bad that her parents had to get a shaman to do a ritual session to ward off this so-called thing and to call back her spirit, Hoopli, in fears that her spirit may have been taken that night. After the ritual, the shaman had tied a string charm around her wrist for protection. Lucky me, I didn't see or experience anything that night. My only true fear was my bike ride coming home alone. It gave me anxiety and the paranoia got the best of me. However, to this day, this bow girl, she still wears that string charm to protect herself. Other than that, I haven't met up or seen any of the ones within that crew since that incident. But I think I speak for all of us when I say that it was an event that we all just kind of brushed off to the side and avoided conversations regarding it. But deep inside, we'll always remember that deep rush of fear from that day as teenagers. Whenever we drive past that building today, at Phelan Lake.